Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of MetCast, the podcast of Manchester Metropolitan University. In our latest series of episodes, we're taking a look at all things Olympics, how our students, staff and alumni are making a difference out at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. We'll also be exploring how expertise and research from Manchester Metropolitan University Institute of Sport is influencing and improving sporting performance and supporting wider healthy living. I'm Chris Morris, and in this episode, I chat to Valencia Natalie Sahara, Manchester Met Sports Science graduate and head coach for the Grenada Olympic swimming team. Valencia has been out in Tokyo supporting two young swimmers from the Caribbean island nation at their first games. Kimberly Ince, who has since competed in the 100m backstroke, and Delron Felix, who has since competed in the 100m freestyle. We spoke remotely ahead of the tournament as Valencia was at a pre-games training camp in Tokyo. During our chat, we covered everything from her time at Manchester Met working with Dr Gladys Pearson, the challenges and hopes for the Grenada swimming team, and what life has been like out in Tokyo. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode. Let's jump straight in. Tell me about your time at the university, when you studied, what you studied. So I did the 2013-2014 year and I did my master's in exercise and sports science and looked mostly at the physiological changes. My my time at MOU was very interesting. Gladys was fantastic in helping me with my dissertation and guided me along because uh, I was doing mostly with swimmers, of course, uh, monitoring their physiological changes in comparison to non-invasive markers to find a correlation between the two. And I focused quite a bit on the creatine kinase, the cortisol, of course, the lactate, the pH in the blood, and compared it with non-invasive markers like the heart rate, their swim speed, stroke, even the saliva, just to see, you know, how, and compare the two to see whether there were any correlation. It was really wonderful collaboration in the lab and, you know, just doing work together and everything. It was truly um, team effort from start to finish. Because even during the dissertation, we had to, you know, rely on each other to assist because, for example, in my um, studies, they had to do it a lot of, you know, blood sampling and a lot of other aspects. Like I did multiple markers and I needed help from everyone else. And I also did phlebotomy. So then, of course, while others were doing their blood sampling, I had to go and assist as well to draw blood from other athletes or participants it was truly collaborative effort and I love that about MMU uh, that from start to finish we all had to work as a team so that we can all succeed at the end um, the way it was all set up and just the assistance and guidance from all of the lecturers and the resource that we had to use was just fantastic so hats off to MMU and the job well done <laughs> <laughs> that's great to hear that's great to hear what had led you up to that point did you previously studied sports science and where were you based previously I did some sports science at Leipzig University in Germany. And that's a funny thing. I did my postgrad before I did my undergrad. And then I did, well, more into sports in Cuba. And then, and then I decided, okay, I want to know more about this whole sports and the physiological changes, not just reading about it, but actually getting the actual facts, like really measuring everything myself. And I did a few with the Manchester team. And well as even our um, our Commonwealth, the Commonwealth Games that was held in Glasgow in 2014, and 2014, I did some sampling there to actually measure and, and you know, just to see whether it was actually the, the, the markers I was getting were in relation to the Manchester team and with our national team that was present, you know, whether there were any correlation or whether the, the markers were revealing like some similarities 
and and it was very interesting. Um, was that uh, Grenada? Is that where you're from originally, Valencia? Grenada, that's in the Caribbean, the West Indies. Yes. Yeah, and so you worked. You'd pre- you had previously worked with them at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow as part of your master's degree at the university. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was part of the whole. Uh, whole setup so say that say, well yes just my trajectory and studies prior to attending MMU yeah okay that's brilliant and then I guess what what happened after how did the uh, the studying at the university then help your career path afterwards interesting enough I, I would say I haven't actually used it fully yet because we're still in the process of setting up like a sports science unit even in Grenada but at least the non-invasive markers were very helpful and I could definitely say to my athletes, okay, these are the definite markers I need to look for now. The non-invasive bits, of course, because now sports is going more that direction. You know, you're not allowed even here to, to um, at Olympics uh, and even at World Champs, they banned where you're not allowed to actually draw blood anymore, which is pretty interesting, which is another reason why I decided I wanted to go down that route because apart from what well, if you're going to do um, testing and you really need it to, you know, now I think um, water is using mostly a urine sample and so on. I'm still yet to implement and even some of the amazing equipment we got to use at MMU doesn't exist in Grenada at, at this point in time. Um, resources are massive factor due to that. But yes, the f- in the future, um, we'll be uh, implementing it quite a lot more because we are planning to get a new facility. And I know um, it has been approved and all of that to get that facility up and running. And we will soon be implementing all of it. And I will be calling on my colleagues. I already have some of them lined up, ready to come and assist me if, if needed. So once again, <laughs> team out. <laughs> <laughs> so so when did when did you take up your role with the Grenada team and tell us a little bit about that role well that's the thing prior to even leaving because ever since I was I left secondary school I was part of the national team because I used to be a swimmer myself and even at the age of well I was still at the tender age of 18 I was part of the coaching staff until present um, I would have to say when we actually the very first time even taking it to the next level had to be on my return from Cuba. That was in 2005 when I actually started heading up the program and taking it to, you know, going to multiple competitions across across the world, literally. And I think within the region, that's when we started to shine quite a bit for us to actually hold within our region, hold the championship title for at least, was it five years consecutively and we lost that championship once and then we got back got it back again for another five years so even just the preparation and training definitely um, assisted you know with winning championships of course we're still looking at a regional scale we have not tapped into the international um, level just yet and that is where I'm hoping with with the new facility and the upgrade in in equipments that we're going to be getting pretty soon and I think for us Facility has been a the major issue um, and space to train and time to train. Uh, yes, we have the beach, but we know the density of the water compared to the, the density of the beach or the seawater compared to the pool is not quite the same. Um, and our facility is a massive hindrance. Uh, we, we only have like a 20, not even a 25 yards because even the measurement is still a bit shorter and it's very narrow, those lanes. So even the swimmer we have here, Delron Felix, the male swimmer, I mean, he's 6'3", and the child is huge, but our facility is just, yeah, the the lane itself, his arms are hanging over the lane line whenever he's swimming like butterfly or, you know, it's just, 
yeah, it's one of those that we have to work with. But like I mentioned, within a hopefully within the next year, we will have the facility that has been promised um, since I was swimming, but hopefully it will happen. Currently, um, I'm coaching Kimberly Ince, the female swimmer we have represented, and she will be swimming the 100 backstroke. And I've been coaching them for Kimberly. I've been coaching just about a year and two months now. I've seen significant improvement with her performance. Um, she has gone from swimming the 100 backstroke time, which she was previously doing was a 111 long course. She then dropped to a 109 long course. So I'm expecting her to make that, of course, maybe even a little faster still. And she currently holds the national record for that. And um, Delron Felix, our he currently holds the national record for the 100 freestyle. Delron, I've been coaching since he was, what, seven years old, came to me as a scrawny little one. Now that's the same one that's 6'3 at the moment, huge child now. <laughs> and he's he now holds the national record for the 100 freestyle, which was previously held by one of my ex-swimmers, who then moved off to the United States to train. Um, so he holds a record now in the 100 freestyle. And he's still doing a, a 52.91. We'll see, of course, it all depends on how they feel on the day. In terms of preparation for them, of course, their workload, it increased. And I try not to increase their workload too suddenly, but we had to increase it. And of course, by every every three months, we would increase by about 10%. So they were hitting more or less now. They were hitting like a 6K for the most, we've actually hit a 6.5K in terms of pool and yardage. And currently we're we're in taper phase, but it was great to be able to come early, at least for Delron, to be able to adjust to the 50 meter pool. Because that's strategizing in a yards pool where you have to do four laps and still the distance, of course, is not a complete 100 meters. Um, and strategizing in a 100 in a 50 meter pool is completely different. So trying to get him to swim and pace himself and get all, you know, all those little fine tuning that needs to, to occur through this um, training camp that we have now, which is sponsored by Pan Am Sports. And it's a huge, huge advantage, you know, in terms of their, their preparation, which we're so grateful for. And we also did quite a bit of um, gym work. So, but yes, yeah, so they were both doing quite a lot of strength and conditioning. Kimberly, because of her age, we have used quite a lot more of her body weight rather than actual physical lifting. Delron, who is now 20, um, he has been doing quite a bit more lifting and, and trying to get him a lot stronger. And then, of course, tweaking his tech, both their techniques, simple things, you know, like their starts and their, their breakouts, you know, the stroke, just keeping it as streamlined as possible, strong flip turns and, and you know, trying to finish strong which is a bit of anaerobic because it's, it's of course, high lactate because they are more or less within that, that minute range, minutes and few few seconds. The high lactate um, threshold gets tested, you know, especially on the comeback. So there's quite a lot of those, as well as yoga, which is now becoming a big thing in, in the world of sports now, getting that breathing and body control, great flexibility. Um, we had to do quite a bit more of that. So, uh, of course, notwithstanding the psychological aspect of it, you know, that mental strength and inner strength and mental toughness, getting them to start now knowing, OK, you know, you're going out there to compete. Yes, we might not be quite, you know, at the world international stage just yet, but starting to get them prepared because Kimberly is still very young. Both Delrin and Kimmy are still very young. Once they continue to train like they, they have done and improving significantly, 
we expect them to qualify hopefully for the next next time around and not just you know be going because they got selected based on that universality spot um, which um, FINA usually offer usually how that works is is of course it's limited to a certain number of swimmers on an international scale but you have to have a certain number of FINA points in order to be invited by FINA to be part of it so luckily they had enough FINA points and also they were ranked high enough on the world stage to be able to be invited because if you don't then of course for certain events you're not invited to um, participate so yeah that's generally how they have been we have been working in terms of preparing and what they have been doing and we have been putting quite a bit of effort how you find that obviously this is we're living in very strange times this is covid the games itself has been pushed back from last year and obviously I, I think in Japan there won't be any spectators at the games obviously mindful of kind of COVID rates so it's an exciting time for you and for your athletes but it's also a very unusual time how are you finding that? Um, Definitely the protocols that we had to follow to get here was a battle in itself because it even though and I completely understand that we followed every single rule to make sure we were not spreading any sort of virus or anything because it was challenging because we have to make sure we had to get at least two PCR tests to get here plus when we got to the airport we had to be tested again and we had to sit and wait for the results which took some time you know the entire process we have to download quite a few apps so that we can be tracked and we have to log in our actual health condition whatever you know whatever if we think we have any any sort of symptom we have to register it every station every exit we have to go through there's sanitization um, equipments there temperature being monitored um, the entire process has been a challenge but once you follow once everyone follow the rules more or less and not take it too personal um it's quite all right in general the japanese people are very disciplined and generally the japanese people are very helpful so far they have been volunteering and really assisting in every way um, just to make sure we are comfortable and well looked after and we have no complaints in terms of us. We have never felt threatened. I know the, the media was promoting that a lot of Japanese don't want the games to happen. But from what we have seen, they really do welcome it. And we are we are really very, very well looked after here by everyone. And the support is definitely there. That's good to hear that. All the years of training, uh, starting back from when you were studying through to your your time with the Olymp- the, the swimming program as a youngster and training your athletes now you know is able to come to fruition uh, at the Olympic Games. Uh, we're obviously proud of our alumni out there making a difference at the games. Thanks very much for for speaking to us, Valencia. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Metcast, the podcast of Manchester Metropolitan University. Your feedback is always welcome, as are much-needed review ratings on iTunes. So if you have a moment, please head there to let us know what you think. You can subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast platform. That's all for now. Until next time, goodbye.